You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the post game podcast. Welcome to Locked On Wolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking with Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Happy weekend. Happy Saturday. This is. The post-game podcast, the Timberwolves beat the Lakers 110-92 on Friday night at Target Center, the late 9 p.m. Central tip on ESPN, and the Wolves, actually, it was really closer than 18 points. They had built a a significant lead before garbage time in the fourth quarter, Uh, and uh, this was just a really fun game, despite no Anthony Edwards, a little bit of a different rotation. The Lakers obviously shorthanded as well, but they did have uh, Russell Westbrook unexpectedly earlier in the day. It didn't seem like Westbrook was going to play, but he did play. Um, and uh, we're going to break this this whole game down here on the show tonight. We'll also do key takeaways, individual studs and duds. It's all coming up. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. Of course, that includes YouTube as well as all of your favorite audio platforms from Apple to Google, including, of course, Spotify and Odyssey. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right. So, Setting the stage for this game, when I did the preview show on Friday, we we did not think the Lakers would have Russell Westbrook, no Taylor Horton Tucker, no Avery Bradley, uh, no Dwight Howard, and possibly no Malik Monk. Those four to five guys were all going to be in health and safety protocols. Found out on Friday, mid-afternoon, that Russell Westbrook was on his way to Minneapolis and he was going to play. Apparently there was, we don't know this for sure, but it must have been a false positive or an inconclusive test or something that put him into protocols on Thursday because he turned around and showed up Friday and played. The other four players that I mentioned did not play in this game. So the Lakers were obviously shorthanded. That matters. Timberwolves, however, found out midday on Friday that neither Anthony Edwards nor Torian Prince would be available for the same reason, health and safety protocols. Prince had, had been a DNP CD the last couple of games, wasn't really in the in the most recent iteration of Chris Finch's rotation. But obviously, Anthony Edwards coming off the 10 three-pointer game on Wednesday, all the accolades, the 2000th career point. The ESPN game on Friday night, ESPN was no doubt livid that Anthony Edwards was unable to play. Um, so this this went from a two, I think the Wolves were favored by two and a half points on betonline.ag early in the day. And it went from that to a pick I believe. They pulled the line for a while, then it was a pick uh, because of all the weird, the, the, the unknown uh, that was sur- swirling around this game related to COVID-19 and the players that were out due to health and safety protocols. Um, and the Wolves came into this thing, and, and the first quarter was really kind of a slog. Neither team could figure it out offensively, and that's that's a bit of an understatement. Um, these two teams combined to shoot one of the first 26 shot attempts. I think this was all in the first quarter. One of 26 from three, and the only made three-pointer was by the Wolves. It was by Jade McDaniels, was initially ruled a two on the floor in the left corner, and then upon review was changed into a three. So one of 26. The Wolves were one of 16. The Lakers started 0 of 10 from deep, and it wasn't like either team was was playing phenomenal defense early. There were just a lot of missed shots. Uh, what kept the Wolves ahead by multiple possessions was their rebounding. They ended this game, um, and this will, of course, be mentioned in key takeaways, but the Wolves ended this game out-rebounding the Lakers 61-36. to That's a 25-rebound margin, a plus 25 on the glass. The Lakers had one offensive rebound in this game, 
count them one, count it, I should say, one offensive rebound, which is just insane. Over the course of a 48-minute National Basketball Association game, the Lakers managed one offensive rebound. Uh, the Timberwolves were really, really good on the glass. We'll talk more about this later, but a lot of those accolades go to Jared Vanderbilt. Not all of them, though. The Wolves really, one through five, rebounded quite well with everyone was on the floor, everyone that was on the floor at, at all times, really. Um, this game, the Wolves kind of held the Lakers at arm's length. Uh, they were up seven at the end of the first quarter, up nine at halftime. It got it was close for a little bit in the second quarter, but the Wolves bench actually did great. Jalen Noel had a nice stint. Weirdly enough, Jake Lehman was in the rotation for the first time this year that he's got regular rotation minutes instead of Lander Balmaro. Uh, obviously, Notorian Prince and no uh, Anthony Edwards shifted things a little bit. Uh, but still, both Jake Lehman and Josh Okogie got regular rotation minutes in this game. But the Wolves are up nine at halftime. Then in the third quarter, it got down to a three-point game. I think it was Kent Bazemore had a three in the right corner to make this a three-point game with 740 left on the clock in the third. But the Wolves promptly went on an 11-0 run. They were up by 20 at the end of the quarter, and the game was basically over at that point. So a 20-point lead going to the fourth, and the Wolves stretched it uh, well north of that before the Lakers put up the white flag, brought in some subs, and it ended up being an 18-point margin. But the game was really not all that close. Anthony Edwards went out early with a tweaked ankle, came back and played. And then on an offensive foul by LeBron James, who two-handed shoved Jaden McDaniels backwards, McDaniels tripped over his his own foot after being shoved and kind of fell into Anthony Edwards, excuse me, Anthony Davis's left knee. Um, and he was able to walk off the court. And then there was some video of him going back in the tunnel on ESPN and kind of collapsing, falling over. Reports after the game, I think this is Dave McDenaman at uh, ESPN saying that they don't believe there's structural damage. The Lakers don't in Davis's knee, but they're going to do an MRI, of course, to find out. It really just kind of looked like a freak you know, tweaked it. Um, and I mean, obviously it makes sense. They're doing tests, makes sense. He didn't come back in the game, but Anthony Davis only played 20 minutes in this game for the Lakers had nine points and just one rebound. Uh, we'll get into cat's game here in a minute, but, uh, before the injury cat just dominated Anthony Davis and uh, it was a ton of fun to watch. Okay. I want to do key takeaways next. Um, and then we'll do individual studs and duds following that first though. Let's talk about the title sponsor of today's show, and that, of course, is our friends over at Truebill. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam that's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over two million users and has helped save them over a hundred million dollars. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. All right, let's talk key takeaways from this win. Uh, number one, Carlton Towns. Phenomenal game. Um, it's hard to to cook up. It would be hard to cook up a better game for Carl Anthony Towns than this one. He only had to play 32 minutes, 28 points on 11 of 20 shooting. So he shot better than 50% from the field, two six outside the arc, which is a little obviously below where he's been. He was like 42% coming into the game, four or five at the free throw line, 10 rebounds, four assists, three blocks and a steal, just two turnovers in 32 minutes and four personal fouls. Um, 28, 10, four, with three blocks and a steal and just two turnovers. Towns scored 
in every way imaginable. He did a lot of damage in the low post with Anthony Davis guarding him. In fact, 24 of his 28 points came when guarded by either Anthony Davis or DeAndre Jordan, who only played 10 minutes off the bench, but couldn't could not manage to slow down Towns at all. Towns at one point scored on a right-handed jump hook over Davis after backing him down several feet into the paint and then gave it the gave it the too small gesture, the, a real quick one running back up the court. Uh, Davis could not just could not slow down Carl Anthony Towns. It was just a complete domination in the post. He hit a step back three on DeAndre Jordan that was just disgusting after Jordan had blocked his first three-point attempt. Towns gathered the ball, just decided to shoot a step back and, and knocked it down. Um, had a couple of nice mid-range jumpers, really did everything. Had three offensive rebounds, scored on putbacks. His first two baskets were both and ones in the paint. This was just a well-rounded game from a very under-control, composed Towns. He was emotional, at the positive moments, we uh, there were only a couple of reactions to non-calls or calls. Towns was very well composed in this game. He was emotional in all the right ways and didn't have any of that stray voltage, as Chris Finch likes to call it. This was this was just a, a, a perfect Carl D. Towns performance. I would give him an A-plus for this game. Um, it, it's hard to imagine it coming out any better. He was under control. He was composed. He was efficient. He was versatile in every way. He was good defensively. After picking up a quick second foul in the first quarter, he blocked LeBron James on a really difficult kind of a, I think it was like a two-on-one or two-on-two situation kind of in the secondary break. And, uh, or come, or really, I guess the tail end of a, it was a weird play. It wasn't really like a true fast break. It was just kind of like a, a slow motion fast break. And Towns stayed straight up, was able to get a block on LeBron as he tried to go up, corral the rebound, or, uh, or I guess, I guess there was a teammate that corralled the rebound, but was a very under control defensive stand made by Towns when he could have easily been over aggressive and been called for his third foul. Uh, there and by the way, credit to the officials for not just calling a foul because we've seen that too often with Towns, where it's like officials know he's one of the most foul-prone players in the league, and they just blow the whistle because they're anticipating a foul. That didn't happen here. LeBron versus Towns in that one play, and that was that was good to see. Uh, my second takeaway is uh, D'Angelo Russell. Well, actually, yeah, D'Angelo Russell once again steady, not a super sexy game. He wasn't ultra efficient. He was fine. You know, 17 points, six assists, three steals, three rebounds. He turned it over four times and, but he only played 27 minutes. He didn't need to play all that much. Six of 15 shooting isn't great. Three of eight outside the arc is fine. He was only two of five at the free throw line, which is weird, but he was steady. And with no Anthony Edwards, it, it would have been easy to assume he needed to drop 25, 30 points for the Wolves to win. But he let the game come to him. He he airballed his first shot of the game. He had a couple of shots that were woefully short early. He just wasn't himself, but he was steady. He did enough for his team to win, and he was good defensively. You know, I, I'm not going to give him a stud for this game, spoiler, in the next segment, but I wanted to note just how steady and solid he was for the, really the, I don't know, the, the third consecutive game since he came back in Portland. But Denver, the Denver game on Wednesday was another example where he wasn't completely lights out. He was just very good. And, um, the Wolves are a different team with him on the court in a very good way. And I thought that was notable. Uh, along with that, I'm going to piggyback this one. Malik Beasley is a, as a starter. This is the first time all year he's gotten the start. If you're a regular listener, you have been clamoring for Malik Beasley to be in the starting lineup since the summer, because I think he's a better fit as a starter than he, than he is off the bench. And he was really good. He only shot three of 13 outside the arc, but he was four or five inside the arc and had a couple of nice dunks, scored in transition, had a, a really tough kind of, kind of hanging jumper from about 12 feet away on the left side of the floor. 
Four rebounds, four assists, two steals, only one turnover was a team best plus 25. Yes, individual game, single player plus minus is very noisy, but still 17 points, a plus 25 in, in 32 minutes, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, just one turnover, a very solid game from Malik Beasley. And I, I want to highlight how synergistic this starting lineup looked. And, and and I talked actually extensively, I think it was even Friday show about the greatest lineup ever, the GLE coined by John Schumann at NBA.com, which was this lineup, but with Edwards instead of Beasley and how I think it's a, I believe they're a plus 106 in 108 minutes or a plus 108 in 106 minutes, which is just insane. So I'm not advocating that Beasley starts over Edwards at all. I just think Malik Beasley is a really good fit with this starting lineup if somebody was to be out, in this case, Edwards. Previously, we saw when Beverly was hurt and when Russell was hurt, we did not see Beasley get the start. Finally, we saw that in this game and we saw him come to life. Yeah, he wasn't ultra efficient, but he was efficient enough. Seven of 18, 17 points, solid defensively. He just is a different player when he's playing with other good scorers and he's not relied upon. He doesn't, you can almost tell there's less of a burden when he can just let it fly. Um, when he's with the bench unit, it's like, he feels like he has to go get the ball and go score. It's just a different mindset. And I think that he fits in really well, even with high usage guys like Towns and Russell. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I liked watching him play. I like watching him play with Carl Anthony Towns with D'Angelo Russell. I think he's a great fit as a starter. Um, and that's notable to me. Uh, the last key takeaway is rebounding. Um, the Wolves are the worst defensive rebounding team in the league. They're one of the better offensive rebounding teams. I talked on the preview on Friday or in the preview show on Friday that the Lakers are bottom 10, both sides of the floor in terms of rebound rate. Uh, man, they were bad on the glass in this game. The Wolves out rebounded them third, excuse me, 61 to 36. That's a plus 25. They out offensive rebounded them 15 offensive rebounds for Minnesota one for the Los Angeles Lakers. Just, just incredible. By the way, Jared Vanderbilt got eight of the Timberwolves' 15 offensive rebounds. So more than half their offensive rebounds were Jared Vanderbilt. He had 16 boards in this game. Towns had 10. Patrick Beverly had nine. And the Wolves had uh, the Wolves had in total six guys with four or more rebounds in this game. Uh, six guys individually with four or more rebounds in this game. The Lakers only had four. They only had one player that had more than seven rebounds, and that was LeBron James, who had 10 total in this game. Anthony Davis obviously departed early, played just 20 minutes, but he had a single one rebound. DeAndre Jordan had two rebounds in this game. Carmelo Anthony played uh, 28 minutes, had two rebounds in this game. Jared Vanderbilt, Carl Anthony Towns set the tone early with their aggression and and uh, really at both ends of the floor in, in terms of trying to grab rebounds. And they that was a huge reason why the Wolves were able to build, again, the multi-possession lead early because of the rebounding, even though the shots weren't falling. And for the game, the Wolves were actually pretty bad outside the arc, pretty bad shooting the ball. They were 12 of 44. That's 27.3% outside the arc, actually worse than the Lakers. They each made 12 three-pointers. The Timberwolves attempted one more. So effectively the same. But because the Wolves work on the glass on both ends of the floor and because of their transition offense, the Timberwolves were able to build that early multi-possession lead, the nine-point halftime lead, and then ultimately 20 points that they were up by leading into the fourth quarter. So rebounding was huge in this game. And I identified on Friday, this was a matchup the Timberwolves could win on the glass. There aren't very many of them that we can expect. I mean, the Timberwolves should be a better rebounding team than they have been defensively uh, on that end of the floor. But this was a game where even the Wolves as currently constructed should be able to really, you know, put the foot on the gas and out-rebound the other team. 
and they did exactly that. It was one of the big reasons why they won this game. They were able to put uh, to keep the Lakers at arm's length really throughout uh, once we got you know late in the second quarter towards the end of the game until the end of the game, the Wolves were able to do that largely because of the rebounding uh, advantage over the Lakers. Okay, we'll close the postgame pod today here by doing individual studs and duds. First though, let's talk about our friends over at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Legitimately, there's a couple of flavors that taste better than any candy bar I've ever had. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers, or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw it in your jacket or your purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little. Give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. By the way, I tried the eggnog Built Bar, the seasonal eggnog Built Bar today or on, on Friday. It was phenomenal. Top, probably top three Built Bar flavor. Just amazing. Um, so grab some of those before they're gone. Uh, if you like marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you got to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. They taste so good, you will not believe that they're filled with protein, but trust me, they are. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's built.com, promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. And uh, basketball is now well over a third of the way through the year. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, individual studs and duds, not too hard to figure in this game. Carl Anthony Towns talked a lot about him already, but 28, 10, and four, three blocks, a steal, only two turnovers, 11 to 20 shooting, two of six on threes, four or five at the free throw line. Phenomenal cat game. Not much more to say. I've already covered him pretty extensively. Really, really good. Um, I'm going to give a stud. I haven't talked about him at all yet. And one of my favorite players, if I'm being honest, Jalen Noel, 14 points off the bench, six of 13 shooting, two of four th- on threes. A couple of those were, a couple of those buckets were were basically garbage time, but he was solid early in this game when he got the chance to play. And also in the second half, when the game was still not decided, he was on the floor. He was a member of the rotation in this game. No Torian Prince, no Anthony Edwards. And uh, kind of, and so, I mean, Josh Okogie played rotation minutes, so did Jake Lehman, but he's ahead of those guys right now in the pecking order, I, I believe. I, I guess depending on matchups a little bit for, for Okogie. But 14 points on 13 shots, you could take that from Jalen Noel. Solid, solid defense, three rebounds, two steals, one assist for Jalen. A really good game. And um, I think he could be what Chris Finch maybe thought Malik Beasley could be off the bench. Um, You know, certainly if this team is shorthanded, Noel deserves an opportunity to show what he can do. Uh, I want to give a a stud. So, so number one is Towns. Number two for me is Jalen Noel. Jared Vanderbilt's number three. 
Uh, 16 rebounds in 31 minutes, eight of them on the offensive end of the floor, three steals and two blocks. I've talked about vintage Jared Vanderbilt games before when he's got like a 10 and 14 or 10 and 12 double-double. But this is probably, if we're being completely honest, the true vintage Jared Vanderbilt game. Only four points in 31 minutes on four shots, two of four shooting, 16 rebounds, eight offensive rebounds, three steals, two blocks, two turnovers, and a, a, a second best mark on the team in plus minus plus 24 in 31 minutes. Fantastic game from Jared Vanderbilt. Just time and time again, he was grabbing rebounds. He had 12 total rebounds like right away early in the third quarter. He was at 12, 12 total rebounds. Um, and he set the tone for the Timberwolves in terms of being aggressive on the glass, uh, moving the ball offensively. We had it in his hands, starting the fast break by, you know, if he couldn't get an outlet pass out, he'd dribble the ball up the floor himself and get it to a guard around uh, midcourt. This was just a really, really great Jared Vanderbilt game, and he deserves one of the three stud designations from this game. Hard to come up with a dud from this one. The Timberwolves led this thing. I think it was 2-0 Lakers, and beyond that, the Wolves had the lead the entire game. It was effectively a wire-to-wire win. Because I'm going to play the game and I'm going to give out a dud, it's going to be Nas Reed, and I believe he got one the other night too. It's been just kind of a rough stretch for Nas. He only played 12 minutes, four points, four rebounds, one assist. He missed a pretty easy bucket in the lane at one point. He missed an open three-point attempt, um, and he only had the four points in 12 minutes on five shots. So a tough game from Nas. But other than him, I mean, everyone else played well. You know, throughout the garbage time minutes uh, with, you know, Balmaro and McLaughlin and Nathan Knight only playing garbage time. Nathan Knight, by the way, scored five points in, in four minutes in garbage time. Lehman actually didn't have a good stint either. This was the first game all year. He got actual rotation minutes. He played four first half minutes and wasn't good. Uh, he finished with three rebounds in eight minutes, 0 of 2 shooting, missed a wide open corner three, and missed both free throw attempts he had in this game. So not a good first real showing for Jake Lehman. But hey, uh, Chris Finch wanted to try to throw something in the, against the wall in a game where his his roster was shorthanded, his ideal roster was shorthanded, and wanted to see if it would stick. It didn't in this game. Uh, we'll see if, if Lehman gets another chance on Sunday when the Wolves take on the Mavericks. But a uh, tough game for Jake. Overall, though, it's really hard to complain about this one. Uh, winning by 18 against the Lakers team that uh, had LeBron, had Anthony Davis for half the game roughly, and had Russell Westbrook. Uh, yes, they were missing four other rotation guys, but um, it's still a nice win. They've beaten the Lakers now twice handily. They held the Lakers to 83 points last time around in LA. This time they held them to 92 as the defense finally showed some life again. The Wolves are now 14 and 15, um, and they're 8 and 9 at home which it's nice to get closer to 500 at home. Of course, they opened the year with a ton of road games. Um, and, and after winning the two on the road earlier this week, it was good to see them come back home and win. They stay at home to face the Mavericks on Sundays. So they have Saturday off. They have Dallas Sunday night, and then it's the home and home. They get Monday off, but travel down to Dallas to take on the Mavs on the road on Tuesday. And the next Thursday, it's the Jazz before getting Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. So four consecutive days off around Christmas Day late next week. But we got three more games until then, two against the Mavs, one against the Jazz. The Wolves will try to pull to 500 against the Mavs on Sunday night at 7. Our next show will be the post-game pod from Sunday, so that'll post likely late Sunday night, which will count as Monday's show. Uh, but we'll do the post-game pod after Wolves-Mavs on Sunday. That's all we have for you today. Thank you for listening, and thank you for those of you that are subscribed to Locked on Wolves and for making Locked on Wolves your first listen each and every day. A reminder that the show is free and available on all platforms. That, of course, includes YouTube. If you don't want to watch my face as I talk to you about basketball, you can listen anywhere. That includes Apple. That includes Google, Spotify, and, of course, Odyssey. You can also follow 
on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E. That's all we have for you today. Thanks again for listening to Locked on Wolves. Of course, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.